the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast, explaining the news coming out of the complex worlds of finance, economics, and politics, and the impact it will have on everyday Americans. Author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, and trader, Chris Markowski. Okay, welcome, everybody. Um, Yeah, I (laughs) made a uh, Fox Business uh, appearance this morning, and um, they kind of give me the the topics uh, last minute. So I, I get the what they want to like talk about uh, five thirty in the morning, and um, I was like, Ugh. "All right, boring." And they wanted to talk about obviously the Great Resignation, uh, all of the well, the Jolts report, and we've seen you know all of the people that uh, just quitting their jobs. And again, there's been some improvement in regards to the relation between the jobs opening, the people looking for work, but not really much at all. You got 4.5 million Americans quitting their job in November. Now, one of the things I'd like to point out in regards to this is this is it's backwards. That's great. It's great, but that, those, are, those are yesterday's numbers. Do they really matter right now? And you couple that with the you know, story today, uh, Chicago public schools canceling classes. Their union just said, no, our teachers are not going into work. And you're, you're a parent. You're a parent, and all of a sudden, you, you've, got a, you've got a job. And you're told hours before your kid's supposed to go off to school that, uh, guess what? Kid can't go to school. Then what do you do? What do you do? Uh, it's going to make it difficult moving forward. It really is. And I, I do believe you're going to see these arbitrary shutdowns from time to time. Um, you get various different people that are freaking out over Omicron. And uh, it's, it's not helping. Not helping. And you can take a look at some of these numbers. The jobs that quit, a lot of them in hotels, hospitality. Okay. Um, it's almost like that there's a new norm in hotels. How many people have noticed this? I did a lot of traveling over the past year where it's just the norm now where they tell you, uh, we're not cleaning your room. We're not cleaning your room for the duration of your stay because of COVID, which is bullshit. Okay. They're they're not cleaning your rooms. They don't have staff. I mean, I can walk around your hotel, I can go to the restaurant and the bar, I don't have to wear a mask, but uh, you can't come in and clean my room. Again, it's just certain things that I guess we've, you know, grown accustomed to. It it annoys the hell out of me. It it really does. Um, You know, should be an option. Say, hey, listen, you know, I'm I'm nervous about this. I don't want anybody coming in, cleaning my room. Fine. Uh, But it's what you're paying for. Not anymore. Not anymore. And that's, that's where we're at right now. And it's not good. Not good. A lot of people just, you know, it's not worth it not going back to work. I know some are saying that, oh, geez, because uh, people are quitting their jobs because there's greater opportunities out there. Yeah. You know, listen, I think that that's possible in some cases. Again, we just make it way too easy in this country not to work. It's just become way too easy not to work. Um, I want to talk about this too. I, I, I also, I you know, because again, I was getting kind of bored with that topic. Um, touched a little bit in regards to the Fed. Fed minutes coming out today. Um, 
that uh, raving idiot in Minnesota there, Neil Kashkari, he's uh, Minneapolis Fed president. Oh, two rate increases. Wow. Ooh, big freaking deal. It's a nothing burger. Um, we're taking a look at, at a situation right now where, and, I, and I've, I've explained this again and again and again, that, and there's a couple places out there that actually get it right. Um, reason uh, is one of them. They talk about how, in essence, what it means, what it means and how much, how much more it's going to cost us as a nation, cost taxpayers as a nation if interest rates go up because we have a national debt. That's, you know, we, well, we just raised the debt ceiling. It's going to put it close to $31 trillion. The numbers are extraordinary. It's very, very difficult for many people to get their arms around these numbers. Um, I, I find it uh, unfortunate that, again, the, the mainstream media, their inability uh, to take a look at uh, other situations around the globe, things that have happened and, uh, you know, what it did. Um, I, we can just, you know, it's not that long ago for crying out loud. You talk 12 years ago. 12 years ago, we had the whole European debt crisis. Whole European debt crisis taking place. Um, bond vigilantes go after Greece and Portugal and Ireland and Spain. Based, just took a look at their their numbers, and you wait, wait a second here. You guys are borrowing money at, at this rate. That's insane. Now, each and every one of those countries, um, they didn't have the ability to print their own currency, the members of the European Union. So they couldn't print their way out of the situation. And their interest rates rose, but wasn't too bad by historical standards, but they couldn't afford it. They couldn't afford the interest payments. Now, we, we've, now it's, you know, just take a look at our national debt. That doesn't even, you can't even compare that compared to the entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, all these other things. These are unfunded liabilities at this point in time. How, how do you suppose the Fed is going to be able to tackle inflation with the scenario that we're in? They can't do what Paul Volcker did. A couple of weeks ago here on the program, we went over the numbers. And took a look at what, what, was our, what was our national debt in 1980, 1981, 1982. Compare it to today. It's not even close. Even if you account for inflation over that period of time. How in the, how in the world is Fed going to... How can they do anything at this point? It's, they're a political animal. I mean, oh, okay, you know, 75 basis points in 2022. Is it really going to do much of anything? Does it really do much of anything? I, I just don't see it. Quickly, um, grab this story because and we spent some time talking about the, of the property crisis, real estate crisis in China, Evergrande, what's taking place. Um, got word that Evergrande was ordered to tear down 39 buildings on some man-made island. This was uh, China's attempt, and they love to copy, uh, China's attempt to copy that, uh, that, that island that they have in Dubai that's shaped like a palm tree. I forget what the hell that thing's called. Got a lot of celebrities and whatnot buying places. This uh, man-made uh, archipelago in Dubai. 
Uh, China basically trying to do the same thing. I, they've been, Evergrande just got hit saying that they didn't have proper permits for these buildings. And it's causing an environmental problem. They already caused problems to the coral reef that surrounds this thing. And they've been ordered to tear down 39 buildings. Now they're they're going to appeal this. And I'm trying to get my arms around this and saying to myself, how in the world is this going to help? Um, they're in, in a much worse situation than, well, they're not going to let on to it, but uh, we're actually talking about here in this country, the, the amount of money that is concentrated in real estate here, and you could just compare it to the financial crisis here in the United States. There is no comparison. That's, that's where people put their money. And the empty units around that country, they can't fill this. They have demographic issues because of their one-child policy for generations. I mean, they're expecting, uh, I don't see China becoming the next Florida where people from around the globe are going to look to move there and reside there permanently. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Do you? So, yeah, they've got a lot to work through. Um, Big change of direction right here. We're going to actually want to go to some New York stuff. New York stuff. Um, Andrew Cuomo won't face uh, sexual harassment charges. Andrew Cuomo won't face any charges in regards to his handling of um, elderly, elderly COVID patients and sending them back into the nursing homes. See, I told you so. Did you honestly think, did you honestly think that the the big libs here in New York were going to go after one of their own? Yeah, they might yank you out. I mean, they might force you out of your position, which they did to Andrew Cuomo, but they're not going to do a damn thing to him. It's Andrew Cuomo. It's Andrew Cuomo. I know I've I've sub-referenced this before. It was Lethal Weapon 2. Leave the weapon to back in the you know, 1980s, and it was in the era of apartheid in South Africa. And the bad guys, the bad guys in Lethal Weapon Two, haven't seen it. Were this, you know, the South Africans, and the South African consulate was the spot where there was, you know, all sorts of nefarious stuff going on. And the uh, they had the ambassador got himself out of trouble, saying, "I have diplomatic immunity." Yeah, the same thing holds true if you get to a certain certain place, certain position here in this country. Um, do whatever you want. Do what you want. Again, the story is not headline anymore. And uh, boy, did you honestly think something was going to happen? Did you honestly think that something was going to happen to Andrew Cuomo? Come on, please. Um, any, any, hope, any hope that the new mayor coming into New York, um, and he's talked about he's going to be tough on crime, uh, well, he's got a, a new district attorney who, well, says otherwise. Um, Manhattan's new district attorney has, and get your arms around this, this is the same policies that have um, taken root in places like Portland and San Francisco and many other urban areas around the country, and we've all seen how that's worked out. Manhattan's new district attorney has ordered his prosecutors to stop seeking prison sentences for hordes of criminals and to downgrade felony charges in cases, including armed robberies and drug dealing. 
Alvin Bragg said his office will not uh, seek uh, a carceral serial sentence except with homicides and a handful of other cases, including domestic violence felonies and some sex crimes and public corruption. Um, it can only be exempted, this rule, uh, in extraordinary circumstances. Assistant district attorneys must now keep in mind the impacts of incarceration, including whether it really does increase public safety. Could be me calling me crazy. Um, taking, taking people off the streets that are going to go into a store with a gun and hold up a bodega, um, I think that would increase safety. I, again, imagine being, imagine being a, a business owner. Imagine owning a bodega. Imagine, imagine owning a restaurant. Knowing that someone can come into your restaurant with a gun. Rob you. Rob you. And even if they get caught, it's catch and release. They're not, they're not looking to incarcerate these people. The memo that the uh, new district attorney put out uh, detailed the following instructions for prosecutors. Armed robbers who use guns or other deadly weapons to stick up stores and other businesses will be prosecuted only for petty larceny, which is a misdemeanor, provided no victims were seriously injured and there's no genuine risk of physical harm to anyone. What, is, what does that mean exactly? Well, well, you want to explain to me what that means? How, how do you go about judging that? So, yes, you can go in with a gun. You can go in with a gun to any New York City location. You can hold the place up. And if you do get caught, if you do get caught, it is a misdemeanor. Misdemeanor. Well, yeah, petty larceny uh, subjects offenders um, up to a year in jail and a $1,000 fine, which you know that they're not going to follow through on. Uh, burglars who steal from residential storage areas, parts of homes that aren't accessible to a living area, and businesses located in mixed-use buildings will be prosecuted for low-level Class D felonies that only covers break-ins instead of more serious crimes. Drug dealers believed to be acting as a low-level agent of a seller will be prosecuted only for misdemeanor possession. Also suspected dealers uh, will only be prosecuted on felony charges if they're also accused of more serious crimes or actually caught in the act of selling drugs. Um, I, I, again, I, who, in the right, who in the right mind? Who in the right mind is going to want to... Uh, why would you want to move to New York? I mean, listen, listen, I mean, I, I get it if they actually allowed, you know, you to carry guns and, and to protect yourself, concealed carry. That was, you know, you could, you could actually do that. Um, I, I, you know, but other than that, I mean, are you kidding me? It, it's catch and release now for armed robberies. I, drug deal, I mean, again. Drug dealers, just set up shop. Because you know exactly what's going to happen, too. You think cops aren't stupid. 
Cops are not stupid. They, they know. They know. I'm going to waste my time. I'm going to waste my time tracking down this armed robber. I'm going to have to fill out all of this paperwork, all of this nonsense, just so they're going to let the person go. Why bother? And again, this is the type of um, stuff that's taken place in, in other uh, cities around the country, and we've seen how that's worked out. Um, again, this breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm telling you know, anybody's listening to this, don't come to New York. You're out of your mind. You're out of your, you're out of your mind. You missed it. Okay. You miss it. I, you know, listen, I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to say that I, I lived in the, you know, the golden age of New York City for a uh, closer decade. It's gone. It's gone. I say, okay, new mayor's going to put more cops out there, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah what are they gonna, I can't, what they say, about 40% of the cops are out because of COVID right now. It's, you know, you're basically allowing, you know, lawlessness, the purge. The people do whatever the hell they want. I'm not going to subject my family to that. I'm just not going to do it. It's, 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 it's not worth it. Anyway, um, I, I talked about Joe Manchin yesterday on the program, and I, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with my uh, <laughs> what I think eventually is going to happen. Um, Joe Manchin comes out yesterday, and uh, well, he he's not he says he's not going to budge on Build Back Better, and um, he also talked about um, this. Um, this idea to change the rules of the Senate, get rid of the filibuster. And he's not interested, he says, in doing any of this stuff. Um, I hope so. I I hope he's going to stick to his guns. I really do. Um, I just, again, I guess I'm just so cynical in regards to uh, Washington, D.C. and the power grab that constantly happens. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I still think by uh, within uh, within the next month, because again, you ha- they haven't amped it up yet. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're, they're working on. I mean, we 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 did an anecdotal story yesterday, and that was Wall Street Journal. Well, what what do you think some of these? Uh, what do you think CNN and MSNBC and the major networks are going to do once the uh, child tax credit checks stop uh, being issued? Because again, the next next round was supposed to come in the middle of January. Now there there are no more. The type of pressure that's going to be brought to bear on this. Again, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I, I am not look. I, I am not looking forward to a see. I told you so moment on this one by any stretch of the imagination. So let's hope that Joe Manchin holds the line. Um, oh, you know, again, because again, you get these you know, nonsense around the country. I'm not making this story up. This is something that I thought was a parody. I, I thought that this was a parody. I, I uh, didn't believe this. I had to check several spots. I actually went to the IRS's website and looked it up. The Internal Revenue Service is reminding Americans that they must report 
all of their hard-earned income to be taxed, even if it is a result of criminal activity. Publication 17, I'm telling you right now, don't believe me, look it up, okay? If you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income in the year you steal it unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. This is in the tax code. They're actually asking people, thieves, robbers, whatever it may be, they're actually asking them to report what they've stolen on their tax return. The agency also reminded those who pocketed any cash by, by selling drugs or through any number of unspecified illegal activities to report their earnings. Income from illegal activities, such as money from dealing illegal drugs, must be included in your income on Schedule 1, Form 1040, Line AZ, or on Schedule C, Form 1040. Yeah, yeah, they expect, they expect criminals to start reporting their ill-gotten gains <clears throat> on their tax returns. This is not a joke. It's not a parody. It's not the Babylon Bee. This is the world that we live in today. Oh, forgot about this one. One, one, one more quick, you know, New York-centric story. Um, we got another uh, public health emergency here in New York. Did you hear about this? Racism is a public health emergency. And um, the governor's putting forth some anti-discrimination legislation. Yeah, that's great. Here you go. You've got nothing. You've done nothing. Anyway, um, I am going to spend some time uh, this weekend on the radio show talking about um, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, Theranos. Um, again, she was found guilty on a, you know, several counts. Um, she's not going to be sentenced for another probably six months. She's going to be out until that period of time, and then she'll probably appeal it. Um, uh, listen, the, the difference, you know, going after Elizabeth Holmes, and rightfully so, and she was dealing with medical devices here. She was claiming that she could do something that was just ridiculous that could obviously physically hurt people based upon misinformation. If you're not familiar with Theranos, um, this, this Elizabeth Holmes... Elizabeth Holmes quit Stanford at the age of 19. Quit Stanford at the age of 19, and she had this, uh, you know, she had a couple ideas. She had a couple ideas. She went to um, a professor at Stanford who told her right off the bat that her science wasn't sound. Science wasn't sound. This is something that you just couldn't do. But she didn't care. She's going to do it anyway. Um, found a way to, you know, build up this company where she was, you know, her idea, and it's, you know, it's great, it's accomplished, to take a single drop of blood from a finger prick, single drop of blood from a finger prick, and be able to do some 200 different diagnostic tests. Now, I I am one that, uh, I I get my blood tested twice a year for a myriad of different things, you know, looking for, you know, it's vitamin D and DHEA and PSA and all, all this stuff, the screens that I go through twice a year. And they take 
few vials out of my arm twice a year. It is what it is. You know, she claimed that um, she called it this uh, nano container or something like that. Take a single single prick of, from your finger, and uh, all of a sudden you can put it into her sh- machine, which they called Edison. And bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada bing. All of a sudden, you're going to get these results. And, you know, they were going to be able to put this into, uh, you know, Walgreens and CV, all these places. And it'd be simple. You could just show up. Now, again, um, you could take all of these blood tests. But if your doctor doesn't see this stuff, well, you know, doctor's supposed to help you with what, you know, what you're getting. I've become... Uh, better at reading my uh, results just basically because I've been doing it for so long. But doctors are there to, to make recommendations for you. And again, people are getting this stuff and they don't know what it is. The cost was, you know, very, very low in, co- in comparison to LabCorp and uh, uh, Quest. And wow, she's going to make this accessible and everybody can do this whenever they want. And it turns out it was a big fugazi. Like a lot of comes out of Silicon Valley's fugazi. The concept of, uh, you know, I got a great idea and I'm going to fake it until I make it. Engineers. There's a great documentary on this. Actually, uh, you can get catch it on uh, HBO. I think it's called Out for Blood, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyway, anyway, you had some whistleblowers, got to a gentleman at the, the Wall Street Journal, and things fell apart quickly. Um, some of the things we're going to talk about this weekend, oh, touch on it t- today to some degree is just the, the, the complete lack of curiosity when it comes to journalists. You know, again, you, you're looking at this Theranos, this lady is claiming all of these things and she kept a very tight ship. Didn't want anybody to see the Edison. In fact, this story here that uh, was you know, reported on that, you know, they brought in a lot of H1B visa holders to work there because again you own them they're basically indentured servants they you better do what you're told or they're going to yank your visa and you got to go back home a lot of them there and obviously you know controlling this but um you know if i if i came to you it's you know it's nothing wrong with having disruptive technology and changing things i i get that but if I'm, you know, to come to you and I say that, you know what, I've got this car, I've developed this car that runs, that runs on water. And you know, better yet, better yet, we'll, we'll do it, uh, we'll, we'll do it like, we'll do back to the future, right? So all of a sudden, you know, you remember in back to the future, they had to get the 1.21 gigawatts to make the flux capacitor operate so you can go back in time now again if i was to present to you the concept of the flux capacitor um you're going to ask me really you can go back in time you're going to ask you know how, how how do you do that can, can you show me the science on this show the technology on this then later on and you know back to the future um they figured out a way you took uh food uh regular food like compost and would stick it into the uh, car, and it would create the energy to make the car go. Uh, if I were to show up and I said that I developed that type of technology, I, I made it possible. Um, might you want to, you know, ask me how it works? How did you make this happen? How did you make this work? The only person that asked whether well, there was a um, was Canaletta from the New Yorker magazine, and he actually even put in his article, but he believed it too. 
her explanation was comically, he, and, he, and I quote, comically vague. This was, um, this was a big setup, really was. Big setup. I mean, if I, you know, were to show you, this is what I have, and I, and I brought to you, a, you know, DeLorean with the machine on tap, flux capacitor. I, I, you know, I basically, you know, created what Doc Brown did in the movie. Are you going to say, well, wait a second here. How the hell did you do that? Nobody did. Nobody asked. Nobody looked into it. Why? Um, because the story, the story was too good. Do you understand? The story was too good. The, the media enabled this. They wanted it to be true. Yeah, they got they got full content, right? Go go back and go back and take a look because you can go online. Go to, go take a look at all the fawning articles that this Elizabeth Holmes got. Inc. Magazine, Fortune touted the world's first and youngest self-made billionaire. Oh, and, and she knew exactly what she was doing. Dressed like Steve Jobs, nothing nothing but black. Said all the right things. Told she's a vegan. I mean, she was checking all of these boxes, and the media kissed her ass. They didn't ask any questions. It's despite people that have been in this business for a long time say this is just not possible. How in the world did you you manage to do this? Why? Why didn't they do this? Because they didn't care. Ah, oh, man, it's funny. You can go on. Like, watch, you watch James Kramer from CNBC kissing her ass in an interview. They wanted it to be true. They enabled the entire thing. Yeah, and again, it, it, you take a look. Oh, wow, look at, look at the board of directors. Wow, look at this unbelievable board of directors at Theranos. You got George Schultz. You got Mad Dog Jim Mattis. You got Henry Kissinger. And I'm saying to myself, what the hell do these people have to do with biotechnology, medical science? Do they know a damn thing about it? She collected them. She collected these names, put them on a board because it was to give her clout. And it's... it's <laughs> The whole fake team. And again, it's Silicon Valley. And we've had this happen before. It's just that, you know, in this case, in this case, I guess, you know, you're, you're dealing with people, you're doing patience. Um, yeah, it was kind of interesting in the documentary as well, a behavioral economist there. And I actually can kind of witness this in a lot of investment cons out there and they, they did a study a study with a dice a die you throw a die and you get to keep any money that the die comes up on right um but before you throw the die you can keep either side so like on a on a dice you get one side of the die is a one the other is a six and they you know write it down you know but they don't check Write down, you know, what side of the die you, you're betting on six and one and which one you pulled up on. And, you know, they weren't going to check, but they just wanted you to write down what your choice was. 
But they did check. And, you know, again, they found out that, uh, you know, people lied. So they can get that money. And the interesting thing was, is when they did that, it would show up on a lie detector. Lie detector would show that they were, were lying about the thing. <laughs> what was interesting is, was when they, same experiment, but the money was going towards a charity. People would, would lie, but it wouldn't show up on a lie detector. So again, you know, a good con artist, that's why I think you see a lot of investment cons, a lot of investment frauds via churches and whatnot. They start pitching about how all the, all the money that you're going to make and what you're going to be able to donate it to and all of this good stuff. And they get in their minds that, you know, in some degree that they're actually doing something good. It makes it easier for them to lie. Makes it harder. I mean, this is a lie detector machine, but it also makes it harder for other people to detect whether or not they're lying. And again, you listen to some of the, you can go online, look at YouTube, some of the interviews that this, this girl did. Oh, she's going to change the world. And I've always been disruptive. And what was the thing? It's like, oh, you know, so you don't have to say goodbye too early because you can find out about all of these things and it's going to be so inexpensive. Again, nobody, nobody at all. You're going to ask, uh, okay. Okay, how the hell did you do it? How the hell did you do it? Nobody. Anyway, and, and again, I think she ended up getting the, the biggest amount of uh, hot water, the greatest amount of hot water. She actually, you know, forged on investor documents that um, certain, um, certain pharmaceutical companies signed off on what she was doing. Signed off on what she was doing, put Pfizer, Johnson, Johnson, and whatnot, and uh, got more people to throw money into it. I, I guess the, the height of Theranos the company was worth about $10 billion. $10 billion. Too good of a story. Too good of a story. College, dropout, dreamer, next Steve Jobs, vegan, social change, right on down the line. It, it checked all of the boxes for the media. So they didn't ask any questions. Anyway, watchdog on wallstreet.com. Watchdog on wallstreet.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.